and happy Thanksgiving, Football on the 40 fans. On this episode, we will briefly look back at the last weekend and take a look forward at the Thanksgiving holiday with some fun and random topics of discussion. We will also preview uh, Senior Day this week, cover some Texas basketball, and as always, dive into the gambling corner. I'm Jake Robinson. Joining us, as always, are Bowen Kai, Andrew Harris, Kevin Mathis, and our producer, Hamilton Leiser. So, what did we all do on Saturday? Kev, I think you need to go first. I planned a round of golf on Saturday uh, during the game and was not shy about it. Told you guys about that. And also on the last podcast, predicted the score that I would shoot during the game. Um, I got to play my home course, Memorial Park, which the PGA Tour had played at about a week prior. So it was really cool because all the grandstands were still up. And uh, I walked the course, which I enjoyed, and played really well and shot the score that I predicted, which was fun. I was two under par for through like six holes on the front nine made a bunch of birdies and ended up shooting three over par. So it was a really good round, great weather. And I made it home in time for the fourth quarter to, you know, have my, my weekly gut check about this football program. So well-rounded Saturday and yeah, played some golf. What about you, Bo? That's the first prediction we've got this year though. (laughs) Yeah. I predicted 75. It was a mortar lock. Not really, because that's a very good score for me. But I should have put Bokorn on it. You you were <laughs> texting us that. during your round. It was like, oh, I think I just got a birdie. It's getting close. 75 hunt. Yeah. I was tracking, got a little nervous on 18 and actually choked a little bit and bogeyed the 18th hole. But very happy with it overall. Nice. Yeah, for me... Went on a, a nice run before the games. I'm on the West Coast, so these 11 a.m. kickoffs just kick my butt. It's like a 9 a.m. for us. So got a, got a little workout in before and then watched the game. And then another downside of these early kickoffs is just when, if and when we lose, which has been more often than not, you just, you're just sad like the rest of the day. You're just like, and it just sticks with you, you know? So we didn't really do much the rest of the day. My wife and I are dog sitting. Um, a friend of ours is up. So we were just playing with the dogs the rest of the night, the rest of the day and night. It was, it was a lot of fun though. So um, I went to go eat um, at a restaurant with a buddy on Saturday and I knew the place had a TV. So when I first got there, I asked the people to turn into the Texas game and got some ugly stares uh, back at me, which, uh, it's kind of sad to be in that state. Um, but, yeah, so watched the game there and then joined um, my wife and his wife as they were baby shopping and uh, was watching the game at the store and uh, and didn't end up the way that we wanted. Nice. Um, <clears throat> I proudly did not watch the game, so I will just throw that out there right off the bat. I... <laughs> Um, was in a volleyball tournament all day Saturday that started before the game kicked off and ended well after the game was over. Um, so yeah, I played volleyball all day and 
it was a lot of fun. It was a Mad Hatter tournament where um, they kind of stuck you on teams. And so you played with different people that you didn't know all day. Like you changed teams five different times, um, which was a ton of fun. So, yeah. Jeez, that sounds like so much socializing. That's like six different social events in one. That sounds exhausting. (laughs) There were 51, no, there were 52 players. There were 31 guys and 21 girls. And obviously it was a co-ed tournament. And I probably met like 35 of those 52 people during the day. That's cool. It was fun. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Did you say where it was? Was it at Zilker? Uh, no, is it Creek, um, where we won our softball games in the <laughs> senior year? Nice. But yeah, un- unashamed, did not actually watch the game. I watched some plays between games, but that was about it. But that being said, <clears throat> y'all did watch the game. So what do you think? What are what are y'all's uh, takes and recap of the West Virginia game? Um, yeah, so with the game, I wasn't expecting a win. Um, Kevin Bowen and I had an IG live after the game. I was called a boomer because yeah. I was on mute <laughs> for a couple of minutes. And the guys really did not tell me I was on mute. Um, we told you like four <laughs> times, Andy. No, y'all didn't. That's a lie. Um, but yeah, um, if y'all didn't see that, I I wasn't as pessimistic after the game as the other two guys. Um, we had our opportunities, but at the end of the day, we just gave up too many third and longs. And I think that was kind of the story of the day. Um, and yeah, it was just, we just made too many mistakes, which has been the, you know, season in a nutshell. So uh, disappointing game, disappointing season. Yeah, not, I guess I'll try to say things you didn't, but in general agreed with the outcome. I think I I didn't watch the first half, but I kind of kept, kept up with the box score. And at the half, Casey just had a, a dismal, performance going he was four for 12 at, at halftime with I think 29 yards passing and I didn't see the plays, so I'm not sure if that was you know the thumb or he was just really struggling in general but offensively I think we really struggled in the first half and uh the defense overall looked like it held up okay um you know, it's frustrating watching some highlights, getting getting drives on, you know, having West Virginia have so much success on offense. But with with an offense that's struggling as much as we did to only give up 31 points with so much disparity and time of possession and not having our defense have much rest, I think the defense actually held up decently on the road. We just had, had nothing on offense. Um, I thought it was interesting that we didn't get Jordan Whittington more involved. Uh, He came back from his collarbone injury that he suffered in the first half against OU and didn't catch a pass. Um, He was a huge focal point in our offense before he got hurt. So I thought it was strange that we didn't, you know, look to get him the ball early and get him involved. And then on defense, I think a standout is this guy, Ben Davis, who was set up as an edge rusher um 
he's he's listed as a linebacker, but he was on the line on the edge most of the time. He got himself a sack. He's a, a senior, apparently, that just has had almost no playing time over the course of his career. Um, but it was interesting just to see a new name out on the field and, you know, holding his own and, and making some plays. So I don't think any of us expected a win, but it didn't make it hurt less, you know, to watch the game when I did tune in. So it's just kind of more the same, unfortunately. For what do you think, like? I, you know, even though we were pretty downtrodden, there was still, you can call it foolish, a glimmer of hope that I had that we would still finish six and six. And I just painted this vision of us squeaking out a win here and then finishing out strong at home and just having a strong narrative going into next season. But that was quickly shattered. Yeah. I mean, Casey was, like Kev said, was pretty bad. I mean, Jordan Whittington, like, in the game, you could see, like, they were really only putting him in, at least earlier on, on, like, third downs. So, it, he wasn't really on the field all that much. So, I don't blame him all that much. Um, or I don't blame him at all, really. But, yeah, Casey just looked bad. And then Hudson actually looked pretty good. And then that play in the in the second half, like, it was either th- in the third or th- early fourth, where Card went down, Junior went down, and I think Xavier went down. Was that the third? Was that the third one that went down? All in one play. That was no. Just... I thought it was Keelan. I think it was Keelan. Oh, you're right. It was Keelan. Yeah. All of them going down. I was just like, well, I mean, that's it. That's that's what we're doing today. Um, so it was pretty bad. I, I I guess I agree with you. Like I was sending y'all t- a lot of texts during the first half, showing how unbalanced the time of possession was. I mean, they were our defense just could not get off the field, but. I saw this one tweet too, and I, I saved it. Like, I think the defense, to your point, Kev, like they played all right, but like on third and down, third and longs, we were so bad. Like, so West Virginia converted six of 10 third and long situations, and three of those were 10 yards, 15 yards, and 18 yards. I was getting flashbacks to like the Todd Orlando specials on, on third downs, and we were just, every time it was third and long, I was like, well, they're going to move the chains. I, I had, I had really no hope. So that was pretty sad to watch, even though, you know, I think collectively we're not super invested in, I still, you know, was still watching and I still wanted the the guys to play well. So that was pretty disheartening to see. And, and I, you compared to Todd Orlando, but I wrote about this in our column last week that I wanted us to see, I wanted to see, defensive scheme that wasn't with the mindset that we were particularly good at defense. And what I mean by that is we need to dedicate a lot more bodies to rushing the passer and creating chaos because we're not very good playing standard, you know, down linemen and dropping seven or eight and just being good at defense. We're terrible at that. So when we were convert, when we were giving up those conversions, they were, when we were playing soft coverage, and betting on ourselves to fundamentally play good defense, which we just don't do. And we didn't like where, whereas Todd Orlando would give up big third downs, bringing the house at the quarterback. Mm -hmm. At least Mm -hmm. he was trying. PK hasn't changed his approach at all. He's still play calling on defense. Like he thinks we're good at it. And I agree. And we're just, we're just not like, if you think about when OU kind of started to turn around their defense, 
they stopped playing defense like they thought they were good at it. They dedicated a lot more people to rushing the quarterback, and their goal wasn't to not give up any yards. Their goal was to get turnovers and create chaos, and it has kind of changed their program. And we still haven't figured it out, you know, that we need to just go all out and try to get some turnovers and Mm -hmm. give up the points that we do and playing a bunch of soft coverage and giving up giving up long plays in those when we have those opportunities to to stop them on drives so i'm still really frustrated although they didn't give up very very many points i didn't see any new any new like things that we tried on defense which is you know just isn't fun to see yeah i think oh sorry last thing i'll say on this is we also started out super flat on offense. I know, like, we looked terrible on offense, but, like, we went three and out, like, a ton. And we didn't get a first down, like, the entire first quarter. And we didn't convert a third down, like, at all. So, it was just – that was – that was tough to watch. And just how long the defense was out there, like, to start the game, that was – that was tough. But, yeah, we should, we should move on. But that's – I've spoken my piece. All right, we will we will move on to our next segment, which is the Thanksgiving speed round. Um, here we will go around the table, and uh, I'll I'll ask a question, and we'll we'll give our takes on some of the different things I ask. So first off, what's our favorite Thanksgiving tradition? I can go up first on this one, and I'll be quick. Uh, so carving the turkey is my favorite Thanksgiving tradition. I started to take responsibility for carving the turkey when I was early on in college. And in our family, that is like the most important part of Thanksgiving because my dad is a surgeon by trade. So carving the turkey is, it's a more detailed, you know, uh, fundamentally complex activity for Thanksgiving it, it, when you're when you're the son of a surgeon and I've I'm starting to hone my craft there so I, I really enjoy that I can go next um I think my favorite tradition growing up was my family we would um we would always have a potluck at our church every year so we had a bunch of families at our church and everyone would just bring their favorite dishes and I went to a Chinese church growing up so it was cool to see like a blend of like Western Thanksgiving dishes as well as like traditional Chinese dishes. And I always loved it because there was just so much food and it was just so much variety too. I, I loved that growing up. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool though. Um, for me, it's just watching football. Um, I, no matter what the game is, you always get the lions. You always get the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Um, I don't have a favorite NFL team, but, just grew up loving watching uh, games on Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, um, even that Saturday. I just think it's the best football sports weekend uh, of the year. So that's that's my favorite tra- tradition. Yeah, mine, mine's pretty straightforward. Just the families getting together. I have a lot of family that lives close by, and both sides do Thanksgiving really big with all of our cousins and aunts and uncles. Um, and on my dad's side of the family, we only get together twice a year for our summer vacation that we all take together and then Thanksgiving. So, um, just going home and doing two, actually we do three big Thanksgivings, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. 
So I will have a Texas football game sandwich right in between there on Friday. But, um, but yeah, that's just my favorite one. Next one, very simple. Is pumpkin pie overrated? Um, pumpkin pie is overrated. Pumpkin desserts are underrated. Mm, interesting. interesting. <laughs> I say pumpkin pie is not overrated. My taste buds have matured and I do enjoy it. It's also my wife's go-to dessert that she makes, so I can't not like pumpkin pie. Yeah, this is going to get me in trouble with the missus, but I think pumpkin pie is overrated. I'll eat it, but I think it's overrated. I think pumpkin desserts are overrated, too. Wise. So I think pie in general is overrated and the worst dessert out there. But of the pies, pumpkin pie is actually one of my favorites. So I will say somewhere in between. Um, Whoa, pie overrated is such a blanket statement, Jake. Pie Pie is not overrated. Pie is the worst dessert out there. (laughs) What? Hands down. No. Name name a worse dessert. Chocolate. Chocolate chocolate cake. That's the only one worse. Chocolate cake is worse? Chocolate anything's worse. (laughs) Well, Andy just doesn't like chocolate, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, <clears throat> because sorbet. we all know... Po- sorbet is worse. Sorbet. That's, yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. Some controversy over the pies. I mean, we all know... So, the next topic is, we all know around the dinner table, politics will surely come up on, on Thanksgiving dinner. When I poll the crew, we're all, or most of us are Texas residents. What do we think about Beto's campaign announcement? We'll start us off with Mr. Jake in politics. Yeah, um, this is my career. So got a lot of thoughts about it. Um, Beto's going for the trifecta. He's going for uh, trying to lose the three biggest races in the, in the land. You know, he lost president. He lost um senate now he's trying to lose governor so yeah i i as as a as a republican who is very involved in republican politics i couldn't imagine a better person running for governor of our state blue shirts spicy spicy blue shirts skateboards and armpit sweat are back and beto is a political masochist that's a good word of the day uh look it up. I won't define it here for us, but Beto is a political masochist for the reasons Jake described. However, um, I don't hate it because I get to test my theory that eventually Texas is going blue. So it'll be interesting to see how that race plays out. And what does that mean? Just because there's a race for governor, you get to test the theory? Like what? how does Beto contribute to that? He gets to prove my theory, right, that Texas is trending bluer every decade. It happened in, in 2018, right? When he was against he's, gonna lose, he's probably going to lose by more than he lost by the Cruz. That was a close race. Yeah, I don't think this would be as close of a race. The one thing, the, the factor that is pretty significant right now is Abbott has a lot of competition in his primary. And I don't think Beto has much. He's not going to have much scar tissue after the primary. So it might be closer than we expect. 
it will not be closer than I expect. And I expect a blowout. <laughs> I'm what, just telling you. What what margin of victory would you predict? Um I am predicting a roughly 15 to 20 point victory for the Republican. Wow. Unless unless our boy Matthew McConaughey gets in the race, then it's kind of up in the air what happens. Honestly. I'm taking the I'm taking the under on that for sure. And I'm, I will I put probably take the under. I will put real money on that right now. You can under, do that under, on like that predict under 15 website. Under 15. I'll put a hundred dollars on that. If you if you I think it's gonna be 15, but if you went down to 12, I'd take that bet. I'd do it I'm on 13. Over 12. On 13. Oh, over 13? Under 13. 13. What? 13. You're saying 5? under. So 13.00. Yes. I'll so take the over. A push. I'll take the over. Oh, okay. All right. A virtual handshake. Nice. Okay. Well, now you guys are our listeners. If in case Texas politics comes up at the Thanksgiving dinner table, you'll have plenty to talk about. This will be a great topic yeah. of conversation. Ask, ask your family over under 13. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last piece, the last question for our Thanksgiving speed round, which has turned into a bit of a, actually, it's kind of on topic for this last question. The question was from one of our um, former guests, Blake. Why is everyone all of a sudden running marathons? Kev, you want to start us off? I, I don't have a good explanation for this. I think maybe it's our age group. You know, we're, we're, we're seeing the horizon, that being us turning 30, get closer and closer. And I think a lot of people who are frequent social media users are starting to freak out about turning 30 and they're coming out with their, their, health, their health goals publicly. So I would attribute it to us getting older and being nearly 30. I have a conspiracy theory. Oh, here we go. It is what's so it. Remember, I don't know if y'all remember, um, but Kev, a while back ago, talked about deep fakes with marathons. Let's just say people that are running, quote, marathons are a bunch of deep fakes. They don't exist. They don't exist. The first person that tried it died. So... Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't real. I've never even seen a marathon happen. Are they just? Is it just an aberration? This is, this is, this what? is <laughs> I feel like it's partially like like Kev to your point about our age group and setting 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 training goals. I think also just coming out of COVID and, and quarantine for some folks, like running was a pretty easy activity for everyone to do. Um. So, yeah, wanting to have more more exercise there i i don't know i don't know if i could actually do a marathon but a race is definitely on my list so i guess i'm part of the problem or or trend yeah i don't know why everyone's doing it but i want to do it probably because everyone else is doing it so one of these one of these years (laughs) the marathon lobby one of these years i want to run the austin marathon um but I hate running, so I don't want to train for it. Run the Houston first. You want to run that thing dead flat the first time. Oh, yeah. Houston's one of the easiest. That's why a lot of people use it for to qualify for the Boston. Okay. Well, that was fun. Um, 
we'll we'll move on to a break. Um, so we will we will be right back. And we're back. Um, so we're going to discuss for a quick second uh, about the basketball team. We, uh, you, you know, had a disappointing loss to Gonzaga the week before. Um, and so this week we just had a couple of easy games. We had a game against Northern Colorado. Um, we won by 13. It was really way bigger of a margin of a victory than uh, than what it ended up to be. I think Northern Colorado went on an 8-0 run to finish out the game. Um, Texas was in control the whole time. And uh, on Saturday, we played San Jose State. Um, San Jose State was just garbage. They were not very good. Um, but we played well. Um, I'm excited about our team. Um, thankful now I have access to Longhorn Network, so I'll be able to get more um, in-depth analysis as time goes on. But um, yeah, I like our potential. Um, I think I said this last week. I think our biggest obstacle that will come will be our lack of size, especially with rebounds and bigger teams. Those are the teams that are going to give us the most issues. So, um, other than that, I, I think we're going to be a good team going forward and excited to see where we go. That's good stuff, Andy. Um, I agree with all of it. All right, we're going to move on into um, a little bit of discussion about Senior Day this week, which is uh, the Kansas State game at home. Um, the Longhorns put out a list of the senior class that's being honored at the ceremony this week. Um, so I guess I want to see what, what y'all's thoughts are on who's on the list. It's a very large senior class that is being honored. Um, I think that's somewhat intentional uh, um but also yeah just kind of what are your thoughts and then which senior will you miss the most i'm gonna say bj foster and it is is it, it is kind of tough to pick because there's so many of them but i enjoyed watching bj play the most mostly you know two seasons ago when he was really young he had an amazing freshman season and has always put his body on the line. I would wager that he has had three or four concussions during his time at UT. Um, he never figured out how to not lead with his head. And he's always the guy that's like got his hands, you know, on his hips on the sideline waiting to hear if he's being kicked out of a game for targeting, um, which is great, but not great. But BJ plays with his heart and has, you know, really sacrificed his body for us. And had a lot of great plays and uh, yeah, I'll miss BJ Foster. I can go next. Um, yeah. Jake, you asked about our thoughts about all of the seniors. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be sad for sure. Um, but I think, you know, for all of us, we are looking forward to all the roster turnover and all of the new, potential open scholarships. So that is something to look forward to, but we still should, you know, pay our respects to, to the graduating folks. I think for me, looking at the list, the one I'll probably miss the most is Kerstetter, just because 
at least that was like an O lineman that you could somewhat trust. And he's been pretty, pretty consistent for us. Um, and so we, we will have a pretty young, hopefully filled with some transfers, you know, on the O-line next season. But um, that will be the name I will miss the most. Some other names I recognize, though, or, you know, of course, I recognize all these names, but that jumped out to me. Uh, Daniel Young has been in the running back room for <laughs> so, so long. He deserves his degree. I don't, I mean, he probably already has a degree. and He's just he's just chilling. And the one I'm, I'm also really sad about um uh bouge the i'm sad that he like never really panned out like he was supposed to, you know he was dixon's cousin we were all hyped about him all the, we we felt like we had an australian punter pipeline and then he got beat out by dicker right rightfully so i mean dicker's been crushing it but it's pretty sad we were looking forward to dixon 2.0 so i'll miss him i i do See have a question i do have a question so i guess how many people do y'all think could still come back? And also how many do you think were asked to leave after this season? So there's some, there's some folks that were eligible to walk that aren't walking that we, that we saw like overshone isn't walking. Um, there were a few names. There were a few other names too. Jameson, maybe I, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameson's <laughs> in that list too. Yeah. So there's probably a, there's probably is a mix of that, Jake. I'm Do you think that all of these guys are not coming back for sure? I th- I think so, maybe maybe one or two of them were asked or not asked to leave, but just the coaches indicated that their skill set wasn't ever going to be pronounced on field with the the schemes that they want to run. But from the names that I see in this list, I I would guess like one or two guys. I think I think that the players in that category, for the most part, we're going to see them transfer. Because um, I, I feel like if that was me, if the coach said, "Hey, Kevin, you're not going to be on the field at all next season," I wouldn't just, you know, get my degree and go start my career. I'd probably try to play somewhere else. Right. I, I get that, but I also am wondering if any of these guys that are going to participate in senior game activities might still come back. Or do y'all think that's not really a possibility? The only person that I think that could come back is Dicker. Because I heard, like, as of last week, I mean, who knows, quote-unquote sources. But um, I saw online that, like, Dicker was leaning towards coming back. So I don't know if there's any truth to that. But I would feel like most of these people that are on the list are probably heading out. Yeah, I agree. I guess for me, I got I got to give uh, our multiple efforts to get Kai Money to be a, a sponsor on our show. Gonna that's that's a little sad for the podcast to see him go. Yeah, it's sad that he's leaving with you know seventy five dollars less in his pocket than he could have had. So we did what we could. Andy, what about you? Um, I mean, if Dicker is leaving. Um, I'll be sad to see him go. Um, you know, his most memorable moment came his freshman year, but overall, for the most part, as a college kicker, I think he's been pretty reliable. Um, I'll also miss Coburn. Um, 
not necessarily for his production, but I just think he's a really quality guy based on his press conferences and interviews. And I just think he's, um, he's just a, just a good character guy. So I'll, I'll be sad to see him go. All right. Good discussion, guys. We are going to move on to gambling corner. So, uh, Bo, take it away. Sweet. Thanks, Jake. All right. So we recapped a little bit about last week's performance from a betting perspective. Texas also did not do well. For some of us, I think actually mostly just me waking up on Saturday, the two and a half points that they were giving us seemed pretty tempting. But I'm, I'm glad I, we, I stayed away from it. And most of us stayed away from it. I think there were a few bets that were made. Um, but, you know, it's all good. It's all good. So for our game, for our season-long betting game, $1,000 picks, we are heading into the home stretch now. It's our final weeks of picks. Thankfully, this past week, even though we didn't do that well, we only lost $34 last week. So not terrible, not great either. A special shout out, Kevin is actually trending up on the month. He's up 12%, which is pretty awesome. You can't say the same for Jake or Andy. It is a team game, but individual performances are, you know, highlighted, you know, highlighting the past month. A lot of his winnings are due to betting against Texas, (laughs) you know, highlighting specifically a $70 Texas to not cover against Kansas. Pretty, pretty big, pretty big wins there. And it does look like we won't have to end up taking out any loans after all for our inaugural year on, on get gambling corner. So let's see. We'll see how we finish up uh, previewing going on to this week's game. It is a pretty low total again against Kansas state. The, the over under is at 52. So if you've noticed, we've we've kind of steadily crept. We were hovering around the low 60s for a little bit, and then last week was high 50s, and this week is in the low 50s. Or actually, no, excuse me. Last week was also in the low 50s too. We are actually two and a half point favorites at home against Kansas State. Uh-huh. I mean, there's, I know we didn't preview this game that much, but there are QB troubles both you know for us and and for Kansas State as well. So. I think that's an open question that Vegas is, you know, is putting out there. And typically the home team gets like two, two and a half points. So if this was a neutral site game. You could probably call it a pick them, but yeah, I'll, I'll hand it off to you guys. Do you, do you like that? Um, either the total or, you know, the spread or anything like that. Um, this is our last week. So we do have around $200 to play with. If we want to dip into the negatives a little bit. That's totally fine too. Let's not, let's not go too crazy though be respectable you know finishing out the season but yeah i'll hand it off to you guys to to share some thoughts only when texas is on its biggest streak since the 1950s does Vegas still believe in us to beat one of the better teams in the conference even despite their their qb battles like or their qb troubles with skylar thompson going out last week I don't think that line is one where you would want to take Texas. Would you agree, Andrew? Yeah, it's just uh, too many variables in the game. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I would go with Kansas State either. I, I just think it's a game you stay away. I agree. 
And also, Jake, you sent us to this. You sent us this earlier in the last week, right? It's going to be a pretty gloomy game, game day. So it was. The forecast has changed. Um, now it is looking like it will be very rainy Thursday morning, Thanksgiving morning. So uh, if you're out there um, deep frying your turkeys, you might have to be careful or you might get a little wet. But it does look like the rain will move out Thursday afternoon and Friday should be dry, cold, and maybe windy um, and sunny, though. It should be it should be a blustery 50 to 55 degrees at kickoff. Hey, that's a that's a pretty good tip. I don't know if Vegas has adjusted for all of those uh, those weather conditions, but no, that's that's good to know. I think with all that in mind, I'm putting I'm comfortable putting like 25 bow coin on the line for Kansas. And Kansas State? State. Kansas State, yes. Sorry, it's just burned into my memory that the whole Kansas thing. <laughs> but there is precedent precedent for the backup quarterback against us doing well in DKR, unfortunately. And very I, true. Very I just, true, Kevin. I just don't think that the horns pull it together. Um and uh yeah. So twenty-five on on Kansas State. Nice, Bo. I have a couple. I and in fact, you you pointed these two out to us um, in our Google Doc. Um, I actually am going to make everyone upset, but I do believe Oklahoma will beat o- Oklahoma State. So I like Oklahoma plus three and a half. Um, let's put twenty bow coin on that. Interesting. I know this is sort of a team a team thing, but I, I disagree on that one. Three and a half points. Kevin, you're the one that has said Oklahoma is daddy, king, whatever you want to call them. Like simulation pr- theory. Big 12 sh- show, simulation theory. Show us that they deserve it until they show us otherwise. Six years straight. You know, if they lose this game, they're probably not playing in the Big 12 championship. I, I do know that. And I've been preaching Big 12 simulation theory all season which is me saying they're just going to win again. But they've been struggling on offense for the past couple of weeks. Uh, last weekend, they did come out with a win. And then the week prior, they struggled against Baylor, who is a great defense. But I think playing on the road for them against a big in-state rival, against a great Oklahoma State team, that I would not be taking Oklahoma in that game. And I'll I'll, I'll one-up you a little bit by putting 30 Bowcoin on Oklahoma State to cover that game. Well, don't do that. Just cancel the bets. That's stupid. Save the money first. <laughs> save the money for another game because we only have like two hundred to play with. Just don't bet on that game. <laughs> um, the, but, the bet is in. <laughs> fine, we're playing fine. Vegas. We're paying. We're paying Vegas. <laughs> the the team the team dynamic is completely done as far in the hole as we are. It's all individual at this point, but. Um, but, but I also think that the three and a half points is a big deal. I wouldn't be surprised if OU wins it, but for, for, I mean, for, if Oklahoma state wins it, but three and a half points is quite a bit, um, when they're both one loss, like they are and kind of the way they've looked also interesting stat. I heard on uh, a radio show today, Oklahoma state is 19 and 80 and seven against Oklahoma. They win on average less than once every five years in this rivalry, wow. which they have not won, I believe, in eight years or more. So 
Um, the game is in Stillwater, but uh, yeah, definitely interesting um, dynamic there. It's good so, here to squash their demons. Yeah. Yeah, but Oklahoma's going to win it. Um, and then I also like – I also don't like this because I hate Ohio State, but I think Ohio State's going to destroy Michigan again. I think they'll probably win by more than 20 points. So I have no problem giving the eight for Ohio State. Ohio State is not the team that lost to Oregon earlier this season. They are – they are – probably the second best team in the country behind Georgia. And I think it will be right now, Georgia, Ohio state in the national championship. So could be wrong, but I like Ohio state to win that game. And I'll put, I'll put 30 vote coin on that. Right. Respectable. Andy, what about you? You like anything, any, any Andy parlay specials out there? Oh, there is a parlay special coming. Just wait. That's good. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm going to follow Jake and I disagree with Kevin. I do think OU is going to win. Um, don't predict against OU until they actually don't win. Uh, so I'm going to take OU to cover at plus four. Um, so yeah, I think OU is going to win. Um, and so put me down for 20 for that one. Uh, put me down for 25 for Iowa, uh, on the money line. Uh, to beat Nebraska. Um, and then also put me down for 20 on Michigan State uh, on the money line to beat Penn State. And then lastly, I, I got to figure out one way to get ahead of, of uh, Kevin and Jake and, you know, somehow get back into positive numbers. So um, I'm going to go with a $10 money line parlay, and um, it's going to be an SEC special. So, Bo, are you ready to write all these down? I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm predicting every single game of, of um, every single um, game in the SEC this week. So hopefully I did not miss one. <laughs> All right, I'm not gonna run the odds until until after the results. That's like yeah. eighty cents a game. <laughs> but it's a parlay, so it's all, yeah, it's all yeah. good. it'll it'll pay huge if he wins. It's multiplicative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hit me with it. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Okay, so I'm gonna go with Ole Miss, Arkansas, Georgia, Florida State, Bama, A and M. Tennessee, Louisville, and Clemson. Not a chance. So your up your upset there is Florida. Florida State and Louisville. Oh, oh dang. I thought Louisville. Yeah, actually change uh Louisville to Kentucky. Oh, you're gonna okay. lose it now. You changed can, can you can you can you give that to me one more time, Andy? Yeah. So Ole Miss. Oh, Ole Miss is an upset too. Ole Miss. Arkansas, Georgia, Florida State, Bama, A&M, Tennessee, Louisville, or uh, sorry, not Louisville, uh, <laughs> Kentucky, and Clemson. Yeah. Okay, that's what I had. Cool. And I yeah. have Kentucky. Yeah, I changed it. What a yeah. what a what a just outlandish bet to take that many rivalry games there's no way they all end up the way you think you you would probably win like 
a thousand Bocoin if this happened. I know, it's, but that's the only way I can get back into positive numbers at a low cost. That would be. Uh, I can't wait to see to hear what the return on that bet is going to be. <laughs> so, so how much? How much do we have in play? We got to put it all in play. It's our last week. It's true. We have. That's seventy-five for me. We have one seventy in play, so we still have thirty to thirty bucks. Well, that's perfect because I want to put. I'll I'll save the last bet for Bo. This is Bo's uh, segment. He gets to make the last bet, so I'm gonna put ten dollars. Um, actually, that's not very much. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna yeah. I'll I'll put ten. I'll put ten Bo coin on Auburn plus nineteen and a half betting against Bama. What? Yeah, that's how you feed the kids. So I wanted, do, I, eat. I wanted to do the money line on this game, uh, but I don't wow. think that Auburn will actually win. Um, although the money line is going to be so nice if they did. Um, that being said, I'm just going to take Auburn plus 10, uh, plus 19 and a half. Bama has not won by 19 and a half against an SEC opponent since October. Um, and that includes LSU and Arkansas. And I think Auburn's right there with basically both of those schools so 19 has a lot rivalry game in um auburn so i like it it's a lot of points so we got oh, 20 what's the final bet all right well 20 well thank you jake that was unscripted i appreciate the, the final bet for our final segment of gambling corner for the season you know with the 20 bucks that we have left oh kevin you like to say something well if if you win the bet you win the you win the pool (laughs) well blake is also up okay okay yeah okay um i'll i'll recuse myself from the from the rankings but you know i was just thinking with the with the with the 45 seconds or so that i've had to think about this i think there's only one bet that i can make to you know really capture what we've what we've experienced as a team and, you know, really, you know, this is a bit cheesy, but this pod, you know, we were, we were close already, but I feel like this pod has brought us even closer together. Like all the prep, all the sadness, it's been a ton of fun. I know this isn't our final pod for the season, but maybe it's our final gambling corner. So with that, I got to put 20 bucks on Texas to cover the two and a half points this Saturday, baby. <laughs> Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go. <laughs> That'll be oh, my man. contribution. I, I thought you were going to pick against us with, with that. <laughs> I love it. I love Excellent. It. Well, that, that, that means all the money is in play. So we don't have anything else to discuss. Um. Thanks for leading that segment. I think that, Bo, that has by far been our favorite and the fan favorite of the season. So very, very good uh, good segment of the season. And with that, we will move into our last set of predictions for this season unless we win and then get the academic invite to bowl games. But assuming we, <laughs> assuming we don't make a bowl game this year, this will be our last set of predictions. Um, so predictions for the Texas Kansas state game on Friday at 11 AM. Who do y'all got? I have Kansas state 
30 to 27. I think we'll keep it close in the second half, show some fight, but uh, I just think it's time for the off season. And I, I, do, I don't think we figure it out with all of our injuries and, you know, having a tour quarterback system still in the last game of the year. I just, I just don't see us pulling this one out, but I will be watching this game. Yeah, for me, I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit already. QB troubles on both sides. Senior day for the Horns. We got to have something. Something for the Texas Beat Riders. Something for Sark. I think Horns take this one, 28-24. Yeah. Um, okay. Go ahead, Andy. Okay, I'll go. Um, you know, I was, I was trying to come up with something clever like Kevin last week. But, uh, you know, just going to keep it straightforward. I do think uh, Worthy is going to get more than, what is it, 67 yards or whatever he needs to uh, to eclipse the 1,000-yard mark for the year. I think that's almost a walk. Um, I, I'm going to go with a prediction of 34-27, uh, Kansas State. And I kind of – I agree with Bo. Um, I just – I feel like nobody expects a win – I kind of feel one coming. Um, seniors will want to go out strong. So many of them, I, I do think they'll play harder. Uh, I'm going Texas 34 31. Um, and this is my first time I predicted Texas would win. Well, that's not true. I predicted a Kansas, we'd beat Kansas. But <laughs> other than that, it's the first time I predicted we'd win in the last month. So um, hopefully, hopefully uh, we will do that. All right, that wraps up our predictions uh, for this week. Um, the last game of the season. Um, wanted to thank you all again for, for tuning in each week and listening to this. It has been a blast this season. I can tell you this is not our last podcast of the season. We will be back in 2021. So take a look out for that. And uh, uh, But again, thank, thanks for listening. And uh, we will... Uh, talk to you soon. Welcome.